the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no control. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am your Headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom. And it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280, The Patriot. And of course, I'm joined in studio once again by our wonderful producer and my co-host, Mark Durkin. How are we doing on this wonderful last Saturday in the month of August? I know. I can't believe it. The summer just flew by, didn't it? It sure did. It nice sure did. And it feels like all we did was plan for COVID all summer I long. Can imagine. <laughs> yes. yes. And on that note, um, nearly six months after Governor Walls closed Minnesota schools as part of his plan to combat the spread of coronavirus, the state schools are making their plans to reopen to some capacity over the next few weeks. And in the beginning of August, Governor Waltz informed school districts they had flexibility in reopening plans dependent on the spread of COVID-19. And according to the latest report from the Minnesota Department of Health, all schools are safe to reopen for in-person learning models according to county case numbers. And faculty and staff from Liberty Classical Academy have been very busy implementing a plan for the return to the classroom on August 31st. What did the school take away from the online learning experience over the spring? What did the process of reopen look like? How did faculty and families feel about the decision to reopen the classrooms? Well, our guests tonight are here to share what they have learned over the last six months. Yes, joining us in studio tonight to discuss the details surrounding the in-person reopen of Liberty Classical Academy are Brian Martinez and Suzanne Horn. Mr. Martinez is the director of both the middle and upper schools at Liberty Classical Academy, and Mrs. Horn is the director of the lower school at Liberty Classical Academy. Thanks, both of you, for joining us this evening on Education Nation. It's good to be here. Thank you. Yes, good evening. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, let's begin by looking, taking a look back at the online learning experience that we had last spring. Um, as you assess the results of the online teaching and learning experience at Liberty, what were the positives and what were the challenges for teaching online in the spring? Well, there was a tremendous amount of challenges for <laughs> teaching online as a uh, classical school. Um, we value that sense of community and the sense of um, camaraderie and the conversation, and it just mm-hmm. cannot be replicated through a a Zoom classroom. I think we did a phenomenal job, and our parents are, are greatly appreciative of all the efforts that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, it, it clearly had some drawbacks along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Suzanne? What were your thoughts for the lower school? Yeah, I think uh, as a lower school teacher, I actually taught a fifth grade class, 16 students, and drawbacks were definitely there. I would say more negatives than positives, although we mm-hmm. did a fantastic job, as Brian said. We really did a great job of implementing mm-hmm. online learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
the tricky thing was obviously technology is not perfect. Computers mm-hmm. stopped and started. We had blank screens. Sometimes I wasn't sure if a student was actually there. Mm-hmm. I did on a, on a kind of a humorous note, I had a student do a whole class upside down on their <laughs> computer, <laughs> which was quite interesting as a teacher watching this happen. And it's, it was very tricky. It's hard to have control when they're on the other side of the screen, maybe across exactly. town from you. Yep, yep. <laughs> Trying to see, can you fix that? Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that there are many, I know there are many, many stories of different things that happen as far as technology. So that technology isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. And so we found that out. So those were definitely challenges. Right, right. And, you know, like you said, we did get incredible um, feedback from our parents that things did go very well. You can tell I'm starting to get a <clears throat> cough here. Um, we did get incredible feedback from our parents, and I'm really, really grateful for that and the hard work that all the staff had um, put into it. But as you both pointed out, it's still substandard to being online or in in person in classrooms. Yes, I have to say as well. Um, one of the gifts for us doing the online in the Zoom classrooms was we were able to provide a semblance of normalcy for our middle and upper school students. So though they were not in person, they were able to see one another, which is such an important component of the human experience. Um, but obviously for students as well, that social learning aspect was um, greatly missed, but we were able to provide just a, a little bit of that um, with online. Mm-hmm. I do have to say another positive as I was uh, thinking about this is the unemployment rate in the nation is through the roof. And mm-hmm. we were able to maintain all of our employees through the spring, yeah. um, which I think was just a tremendous gift for, for teachers and for faculty and for staff um, that we were able to cobble together mm-hmm. um, a, a fairly solid program for everyone without having to let anyone go mm-hmm. during that particular time. And, mm-hmm. and that, that that makes me proud. Yep, yep. It was a lot of hard work to make that happen. And the kids didn't have to sacrifice all their specialties either. Um, while we prioritized the um, core classes, they still did get some time with their Latin, some time with their art teacher, um, some time with the music teacher. And, you know, so it's pretty unusual, I think, to have been able to keep a program as solid as ours going. And um, that's a lot of thanks to the hard work of the two of you and uh, Kathy Smith, our our, uh, curriculum specialist as well. So thank you. Yeah. And what was so neat too, I just, you know, speaking as a parent of a uh, lower school uh, student, it was just great to see that they were able to set up those Zoom meetings to touch base with the teacher. It's always wonderful when the class sizes are smaller because then it makes them that much more accessible if they were mm-hmm. having a problem with a certain lesson. And so I felt like just as a parent watching my children, like that whole teaching and learning aspect was so intact and so in place, even the fact that they were on the computer during a much you know smaller time during the day than they would be in the classroom. Right. I felt like that there wasn't anything lost in terms of the learning capability. Mark, I think you make a great point that um, there's magic that happens in each and every classroom mm-hmm. at Liberty yes. Classical Academy, and especially at the middle and upper school. It's not uncommon for adolescents to say, hey, how was your day? Uh, it was fine. What'd you do? <laughs> Nothing. Right. Um, <laughs> and it actually gave parents a window into the the wonders that actually occur on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. in the classroom. And I think that was a, a very welcome 
um, insight mm -hmm. for, for many of our middle and upper school parents as well. And I'll add this as well, too. I really like the fact that at Liberty that it's really seen as a co-labor, not only on the school's end, but the parents are involved mm -hmm. in the education of their kids, too. We hear so much in the news now about how School districts are not wanting right. their parents to hear what's going to be I was just going to bring that up. What a contrast that our parents actually yes. fell in love with the program even more because they got to see what their kids are doing online. Yes. And now we we have this contrast of the school districts being worried that the parents are going to see the content of what their students are learning. And I thought, well, it, it, it's good that they're worried because that tells you that there's a little honesty going on about what's really happening in yes. those classrooms. Um, so in the name of privacy, they're saying, oh, no, we really don't want them to see what's happening at the classroom. And some districts are even having students, parents or parents yeah, sign, sign yep. saying they will not watch or observe their child's online class. I yep. cannot even imagine any parent being foolish enough to sign one of those forms. Right. So, yeah, right. And the transparency. Remember, you aspect. have yep. FERPA rights, parents, yeah. you know. Yes. So, yeah, yes. It's, it's, it's quite the contrast. Yep. Yeah, the transparency is just wonderful because it really does bring that feeling of we're all in this together. It does have that family feel that, yes, we're all in this for the best interest of these kids to really learn and let's do it together. So. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the, the fun things that positives about the lower school level is many of the students had their animals. We would get to meet their dogs oh, and their cute. cats and yeah. they bring them in. And I had a student give me a tour of his street, taking the computer and putting it on his oh, bike and really? taking it down the street That's and great. back. And, and you're right. The parents would come in and sometimes they'd wave as they were setting up. So I felt like even though we were online, there was still that connection with the families, mm -hmm. with the parents. That's mm -hmm. great. That's really good. Yeah. Well, what was the process? Let's talk about this a little bit. And we've talked about all the wonderful benefits and some of the drawbacks, but what was the process now undertaken to reopen Liberty Classical Academy for in-class learning? It was an arduous process. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Um, mm -hmm. uh, almost immediately upon graduation, uh, we, we maybe took 24, 48 hours just to, to exhale. Um, but we reconvened the, the leadership team at, at Liberty, um, gathered, and we just began talking. We began, began talking most definitely about the positives and the negatives of, of the online. And, and it was unanimous that if we had the opportunity in any way, shape, or form to open in class in the autumn, that we would absolutely seize that particular moment. We formed a task force as well. So we have numerous medical professionals in our community. We um, partnered with some doctors, nurses, and health professionals, and we just looked at the data. And I think that's important as well, that we relied on the data that's available and not modeling um, mm -hmm. to put together a plan that would um, follow the CDC and the MDH um, throughout this particular process. We, we refined and we refined and we refined. We discussed, we debated, we um, as adults, we actually lived what we are asking our students to do uh, mm -hmm. through their journey at Liberty Classical Academy. And, um, you know, the, it, 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 was, it was most definitely an ongoing conversation throughout the month of June, throughout the month of, of July. Um, August rolled around, and when the executive order hit, we had to go back to the table and look at what we can, what we um, can't do. Um, and like I said, we refined, refined, refined until we got to a point where we felt very comfortable releasing our plan to our, our, our parents. And I think that was mid-July, maybe toward the tail mm -hmm. end of July that we released our plan. And then we opened up the lines for communication, for concerns, for um, appreciations. And, and we took that feedback from our parents 
Um, and the leadership team at Liberty continued to refine based upon the feedback that we were getting mm-hmm. until we got to this point where we're very comfortable with our current plan mm-hmm. that we have in place. Mm-hmm. Sure. Can I add to um, Brian and uh, Mark and Suzanne that we also surveyed our parents first and foremost. So before we even convened the medical team, um, we surveyed our parents early in June. It was like mid-June. It was very soon after the school year ended um, just to find out where they were at and our staff too. We surveyed our staff and our parents and um, the absolute vast majority of them wanted to return to the classrooms for inline or in-classroom learning. That was both the staff and the students or the parents, excuse me. And I think that was critical because that gave us the um, courageous leadership, I guess. That's one of our values um, to move forward with the plans to reopen and to keep pushing and um, keep working and pushing through the barriers, pushing through the concerns because we had a handful of families that were concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I wanted to point that out because I think it's important to note that our that we were responding to that survey by moving forward um, with our parents. And we as a administrative team definitely felt that it was best to reopen, but we felt sure. we needed to learn where our families and staff sat as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of the challenging obstacles, um, there's, there have been quite a few, I guess, <laughs> but maybe both of you can respond to what some of those challenging obstacles for reopening were. One of the, the themes that Brian and I spoke to uh, with our teachers when we just had our teacher uh, workshop days, we talked about same, same, but different, which is a Thai phrase. Mm-hmm. And yes, things are the same, but things are going to be a little different this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Challenging obstacles, social distancing, physical distancing. Mm -hmm. It's a tricky thing to do, but one of the good things about Liberty is that we do have smaller classes. Mm -hmm. And so it is a little bit easier for us to to provide that physical distancing Mm -hmm. when we're in spaces. Uh, we're, We're not asking about exemptions. We're not asking about masks. So the students, we're trying to monitor the students and how they treat each other. We want to make sure that... We're not asking why are you wearing a mask or why aren't you wearing a mask. That's mm-hmm. not something that the teachers are actually asking students about. And so, I'm just going to jump yeah. in there because mm-hmm. this is a hot topic. Yep. Um, our students are, as according to the order, required to Correct. wear masks unless they fall under one of the exemptions that's written into the order, which yes. is medical, mental health, and disability. And also written in the order, you cannot ask why. So... Just to be clear, yes. yes, there are some students not wearing masks, yes. but it's because their parents exempt them Correct. from the order. Yes. yes, and we want to um, also follow HIPAA laws yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, defining cohorts. So our classrooms, all fourth grade is one cohort, all third grade is one cohort. So we're define, defining cohorts and making sure that uh, we keep those cohorts separate from the other cohorts. That was definitely, ch- that's definitely a challenge for us as we reopen. Uh, seating charts is a challenge. We want to, to go ahead and keep seating charts for classes. It's a challenge when they go to special classes like Latin, art. And so to try to keep those same students together. So that's mm-hmm. definitely a challenge that, mm-hmm. that we are addressing and we're having parents, sub, uh, we're having uh, teachers submit less, uh, the seating charts to Brian and myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other challenges, knowing that students have been away from the classroom for more about six months. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And 
there is anxiety on the fa- on the part of parents and students, and teachers have to be aware of that, and staff has to be aware of that, and addressing that anxiety. And one of the great things about Liberty is we do have counseling available. Mm-hmm. So if we need to have those talks and have that time with the student that's having anxiety about coming back, sure. there's counseling available, mm-hmm. and that's a real plus. But it is a challenge, and mm-hmm. we are aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... We just simply won't have all the answers on any day. We'll be able to say, all right, we'll try to answer that question for you. But we are in an unprecedented, unprecedented times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we don't have the answers to all the questions. Right. Yeah. So those are, those are a few challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not insurmountable, but right. they're definitely challenges. Right, right. Um, one of the things, too, that I just want to plug um, that's been part of our reopening plan um, is that we were fortunate enough to have a parent at our school that owns KFI Engineering, and they specialize in HVAC systems for K-12 schools across the country and have long before COVID hit. And um, so he helped us um, develop a plan whereby we've been able to significantly increase and improve our ventilation, and he's added um, ionization um, units to all of the HVAC systems and um, basically, state-of-the-art ventilation and ionization systems, thank you to a very significant donor that was able to help us make it happen. Um, but again, that's a big piece of our reopening plan, and that sort of developed over the course of the summer. Um, it, it expanded. <laughs> the, process, the, the whole idea of doing anything at all continued to expand and expand and expand to the point now where we have a really outstanding system. And so that's that's giving us some peace of mind. Yeah, I'd like to add to that as well that uh, one of the challenges too was the amount of HEPA filters that we actually purchased yes. for a variety of classrooms to just that purification process mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. um, trying to come around side and think of every last piece of information <laughs> and how to make this as a safe opening as possible for our students, for our faculty, for our staff. Mm-hmm. We also, um, we changed out the faucets in all of our bathrooms mm-hmm. as well to help okay. for better water flow, um, for cleanliness aspects when students are using the restrooms and uh, when faculty and staff are using the restrooms as well as, a, as another precautionary uh, move for, mm-hmm. for cleanliness purposes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to Suzanne, Suzanne's point, um, having upper school students, I mean, one of, the, one of the challenges for them is going to be absolutely having a, a seating chart. Mm-hmm. Um, right. <laughs> not just having a seating chart, but... Um, in order to really ascertain where everyone is in the classroom, because upper school students and middle school students do change from room to room. And so we do give a bit of autonomy to our middle and upper school students to sit where they desire. And so having not only a a seating chart, but trying to follow that seating chart from room to room based upon the different dimensions of our classrooms, uh, the different configurations of tables and um, desks and those pieces as well. Uh, that will be a challenge, I think, both for faculty and also for our students. Um, but to Suzanne's point, we did open up with our faculty meetings this week with the catchphrase, same, same, but different. And I think that um, that our students are well-equipped to understand the uniqueness of this situation that we are in and um, with just a, a little bit of reminder along the way they will, um, I think, readily embrace these challenges. I think they understand, at least from the handful that I've spoken with, 
they're ready to be together again. Mm-hmm. They, that, that social component of school, and I think there's a willingness to say, okay, we're going to relinquish a little bit of this autonomy for us in order to be with our teachers whom we care about mm-hmm. um, and with our friends whom we care about. And so it, it, it's, while it's a challenge, I think it will be um, a challenge embraced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the transition from, okay, we know what the challenges were online, but now we're talking about the benefits of the physical building. What is the best part of working in a classical school in the physical building? I'll leave that open for both of you to answer. Very good. All right. Uh, For me, uh, being able to see the students, we had our back to school night last night and I was standing at the door and what a joy it was as they walked in the door to say, welcome back. We're so good to see you. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing to see the students, to be able to see their expressions, um, read their body language. Uh, when you're in the classroom, there's when they're on the screen, it's that is so difficult. But when they're in person, oh, they're excited. We could see the twirling around and the little girls that are excited to be back. Um, and then to be available in that moment to help them. Mm-hmm. If we see something, we can come alongside them and help them um, support them. In, in different ways, when they're in a physical building, we can pull them aside. We can support them, talk to them, um, hear their laughter. When they're on the computer, we had them all muted. And unfortunately, that's what we had to do. Mm-hmm. But to hear that laughter and the joy and the talking mm-hmm. in the physical building, there's nothing like it. Mm. And um, to engage with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just have them engage with each other, engage with the teacher. Uh, it, it, there's nothing like being in that physical building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree, Suzanne. The, the laughter... Those who know me know that I enjoy uh, letting go with a, a belly laugh every now and then. <laughs> yeah, he has a very um, distinct yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, But to that point, the sense of community um, that is found within the building is, is, is phenomenal. And so um, to come alongside of our families and our students uh, from an educational journey filled with love, filled with joy, and there's beauty in that academic journey that we have as well. And so those are some of the pieces that I think are going to be so advantageous for us being back in, in our classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point of body language as well, you just can't, you can't read. It's, it's like an email that I can interpret this one way or another mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes uh, direct co- communication in those to, to really understand what is happening. And so when a student is present, that, that body language, you can see their face, you can see their expressions, you can understand the tone of their question. All of those pieces are so, I think, vitally important in order to thrust the learning forward. Mm-hmm. And so um, to that end, that is a, a beautiful aspect of being in the building. Mm-hmm. We are blessed to be a classical Christian school as well. And so the faculty gets together every morning for prayer and mm-hmm. to be able to come alongside of one another. If there's any concerns, we talk about our days. We talk about the uniquenesses of what is going to be happening that is slightly different than the normal school day. Um, but just to, to be able to be a community of prayer and to mm-hmm. be a community of support for one another um, for some of the personal pieces that might be happening in people's lives if they choose to reveal them. Sure. Um, that aspect of of actually being in the school building, too, I think is, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And to the point that Suzanne made with our biblical counselor, that um, we are so much more readily available to identify a need and to 
make a suggestion or a recommendation or to come alongside of a student in that moment where online it could go on for weeks and weeks and we might not even necessarily know what is happening mm-hmm. um, with a student's life. And so um, to that point too, just being in the building is going to just be so fruitful for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much more I think people appreciate what they had. Um, I don't think that there were uh, not that there was a lack of appreciation, but I do think that when something like that is taken away from you, um, to have to go online like that um, and miss out on the in in person learning, um, I think people really kind of stood back and realized, wow. We, we are missing a lot, even even as good as it was. We're really missing a lot by not being together oh, absolutely. in the physical building. Yes, I, I was going to say as well mm-hmm. to fill that out. At, even at the lo- lower school level, the middle school level, upper school level, um, while our distance learning was a success by mm-hmm. almost all measures from our parents, mm-hmm. it was not the full robust curriculum that we are able to give to our students. Right. And so being in the building really gets us back on track um, to do what we do best. Yeah. And actually, that leads me to my next question. Um, So both Suzanne and Brian, I'd like you each to address this, but let's start with you, Suzanne. You serve as the lower school director at Liberty, and why is reopening for in-class instruction so important in the lower school? We uh, lower school is the grammar stage mm-hmm. in classical education. Mm-hmm. And in the grammar stage, we have chants, we have songs, we have uh, discussions in the classroom. Kindy teacher who plays her guitar and sings yes. the songs. And when, when they're not able to be in person, when it's online, again, as Brian spoke to that, the richness is not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The songs... We have Sawe Deus in the morning, and we join together, and and we're together as a group. When you try to do that online, we would try to sing together. We would try to do chants together. It's very uh, choppy, mm-hmm. and it just didn't work very well. But mm-hmm. that is such an important part of the grammar stage. Mm-hmm. And so to have the students back in the building, to be able to sing together, to be able to do the chants, mm-hmm. to be able to get together in a group, and we have multiplication chants. We mm-hmm. have... Uh, we have um, scientific, science, scientific mm-hmm. method. Mm-hmm. We have history chants. We have mm-hmm. Bible chants and mm-hmm. Bible sound offs. And it's just not the same when you're online. Mm-hmm. When you're in a classroom, you can get that back and forth. Mm-hmm. So it's it's extremely important to be mm-hmm. back in school. Now, yeah, let me ask this too. Now yes. I know, like for history and for science, those were kind of almost now then considered optional because there was more of a core. That was around Bible and we reading and phonics. Reading. Yes, mm-hmm. when we were online. Correct. So I'm just wondering, having missed out on the learning for, say, science and history and not having the chance and really the class working together on that, will there be, in a sense, kind of a review or a makeup starting this year for maybe what was missed last year? Or how does that uh, factor well, into the Well, one of the great things that, that Liberty does is have, um, we follow the seven laws of teaching. And part of those seven laws of teaching is, Review, review, review. Yes. yes. <laughs> and so, yes, okay. to your question, yes, we do lots of review in the lower school. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and the teachers are aware coming in that these students will not have had that history in science. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they will have to do review at the beginning. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really important. And, you know, Brian, I, we want to hear from you on, on the same topic. But I think what we're going to do, because we're going to be able to have you back again next week. And so I think what we'd like to do is just save... 
um, your answer on this. And we'll mm-hmm. jump in at the beginning of our show next week um, when we're going to start right there talking about why at the middle and upper school level it's so important to have a classical education in class. Um, but for suffice it, suffice it to say that um, there's a huge difference between online learning, no matter how well it can be done, by the way, um, versus in-class learning. And for our listeners, we hope that you will really um, consider this and, and go to your school boards and really insist on in-person learning. The MDH um, tells us that the numbers that we have in Minnesota would allow us to reopen. And so schools should be reopening. And uh, we hope that this uh, show today encouraged you in that direction. And join us again next week on Education Nation. Um, our podcasts are at ednationmn.org, ednationmn.org. You can listen to this one and all of our previous ones. Thank you to Suzanne and Brian. And of course, always, As always, thank you great to, to Mark. See you again, Rebecca. Yes, and we will see you all next Saturday, 6 p.m. Education Nation, um, KKMS, AM 1280. Oh, I always do that. <laughs>